0: Happy Tuesday afternoon, Lacrosse Talk PM, WYZM fourteen ten AM, 92.3 FM. I'm Dave. He is Rick Solem. Hope you guys are having a nice one out there. It's snowing again, Rick. Did you uh, happen to notice this?
1: Uh, I thought that was fallout. It's not nuclear fallout. No, no. Oh, okay. Thank God, not nuclear fallout. No, it's snowing out there. But it's going to be hot in here today.
0: We got a big show lined up. Yeah, that's right. I said it. It's a big show. It's Tuesday. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. It's Dave. Of course, we're going to have a big show. 785 is the Better Hearing Center talking text line. Want to get in touch with us here on air? That is going to be the way to do so. You can send us a message on our Facebook page. Are we streaming on Facebook Live? Yes, we are streaming on Facebook Live. Hi, how are you? All right, there's two people. They wave back. Hey, wait a second. That wasn't a wave. That was an inappropriate gesture. All right, so Rick, today, lot to cover. You're going to throw something at me about four forty five. or 545. I have no idea what's coming. This is going to be fun. You sort of teased me earlier I'm going to mess up your day at 5.45. And I say, cool.
1: Yep.
0: Um, we're also going to talk about something, Rick, that is really becoming quite a hot-button issue. And it's been a hot-button issue for a lot of people for quite some time, as a matter of fact. It's vaccinations. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate right now is actually a pretty big question in the United States. Yesterday, the Washington Post had an article titled, Anti-Vaxxers Face Backlash as measles cases surge. in Washington State, a good friend of mine, lives out there. They've got the worst measles outbreak in more than two decades. It's sickened more than 70 people and cost over a million bucks. And there are two measures that are advancing through their state legislature that would bar parents from using personal or philosophical, all right, both personal or philosophical, exemptions to avoid, to avoid immunizing their school-aged children now Wisconsin and a few of our surrounding states allow you to exemplify yourself and or your children from vaccination for religious and or personal reasons so you've got full opt out abilities here in the state of Wisconsin if you say i'm a member of the christian scientist church we don't believe in that if you're if you're amish no you don't have to go get vaccinated so because of this rick there has become Some alarm bells sounding in the minds of many who think that if we continue to allow people in this country to go without vaccinations, we are going to see a major health crisis. What are your thoughts on this, man? I know that you hear a lot of stuff working in the newsroom. I'm sure that this has been a topic of conversation at some point, if not today, at some point in your career. Um, have you heard some of these claims by people that say vaccines are bad for you or or, or even some from people that say everybody must be vaccinated?
1: Yeah, I remember reading a story. I think it was on Vox, like the husband and wife, and the husband was – not, the the wife was an anti-vaxxer, I guess is what you would call her, and then it was him trying to, like, in in terms of, like, their relationship as they grew and grew to love each other before they got married, then he figured out, oh, my wife's an anti-vaxxer and he's not, and then it was, like, trying to convince my wife to get her kid because she had kids, you know, from another relationship, get her kids to... Vaccinate, get her to vaccinate her kids, all, meanwhile, not breaking up with each other because of this dilemma. So it seems kind of weird, but I've read, you know, I've read stories about just, you know, one way or the other, the anti-vax situation and and the the pro-vax situation. But, um, you know, there's a headline right now, Washington declared a public, no, not that headline, uh, these volunteers get malaria on purpose so we'll know how to fight it. You know, like just... There's another vaccine, right? Like... Yeah, the
0: uh, malaria vaccine, I, I bet, would be one you'd really love if you were going on safari. Um, not a big deal here in the States. But, yeah, there's there look, there's a lot of, of different debate on both sides of this vaccine question. Uh, there's a lot of information as well, Rick. And we were talking about this off air. It gets passed around. What information is true information? What are people sharing with each other that actually has something to do with the, 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 the actual problem, if there is one at hand, that's going to be a big question for us today. Now, part of the Washington Post article that I read, uh, this anti-vaxxers facing backlash as measles cases surge. And if you're ever curious about the source material uh, for the program, be happy to send it to you. All right, just get in touch with us here at WYZM. Well, well, one of the responses they got is from a gal named Barbara Lowe Fisher, who they call the head of an anti-vaccine group, the National Vaccine Information Center. Now, this is a group that's been around... Since 1982, and Barbara's taking exception, at least her group is, with some of the measures that are being put forth by people uh, who want to see full-scale vaccination be mandatory. Uh, There's a group here in Minnesota, the Immunization Action Coalition, and Diane Peterson was quoted in this article for the Washington Post saying, quote, there is a growing consensus for state authorities to make the bold move to require all children to be vaccinated, with the only exception, Rick, being those who cannot be given the vaccine for medical reasons. Now, the National Vaccine Information Center and Barbara Lowe Fisher, who, by the way, is going to join us this afternoon at 5.20 p.m., says, quote, you cannot bring down the hammer on people and force them to obey one size fits all when the risk is not being shared equally, adding that individuals have different genetic risks. Uh, Barbara went on to, to argue that parents should have the right to make voluntary decisions without their children being denied school education. And this is really where I think The crux of this particular conversation is is headed towards, Rick. If kids are going to school without vaccinations, and they're getting other kids sick, and this turns into a public health crisis, are we looking at something akin to, well, any time prior to the 1950s when Jodasov published his cure for the polio disease? Is that something we could look at? People forget in this country how terrible measles were in, in times past. Now, since January 1st, there have been no measles deaths reported in the United States. But the virus is deadly, okay? Nearly 1,000 people, mostly children, have died of the illness, not here in the States, but in Madagascar. And even our good buddy Scott Robert Shaw, as I see it coming up in just a bit, passed on an article to me earlier today. The U.K.'s Guardian was talking about a huge outbreak overseas of measles. So we're starting to get to the point now where there is a growing sort of coalition on one side of the vaccine debate that says we need to force everybody to take vaccinations. Force them. You've got to get them. We're at the hospital. You, you just had your son or daughter. It's a proud moment. Give me that baby. I'm going to go shoot him up with something right now. And then there's the, there's the other side that's saying, no, that's still got to be a parent's choice. So I'm really curious to get thoughts that you might have on this. And if you're listening to us today, welcome aboard WIZM 1410 AM 92.3 FM, the Better Hearing Center Talk and text line it's 785-7914, area code 608-785-7914. And as I mentioned, at uh, about 520 today, we're going to talk to Barbara Lowe Fisher from the National Vaccine Information Center. When I did some research on the National Vaccine Information Center, Rick, I found out this is a group that has been around since 1982, and their purpose isn't to tell people to take or not to take vaccines. That's not their particular modus operandi, if you will. Uh, what they want to do is put personal choice back in the hands of people, and if this is your first time listening to me here on WYZM, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm a personal choice kind of guy. Now, I'll also set it up like this before we go to our call. I did get my son vaccinated. I do believe in, vac- in vaccines. I believe in the vaccination process in general. Specifics, okay, we can get into the weeds on that. But in general, I believe in vaccines. All right, let's go to the phones. Who do we have? Eric, Eric welcome. How are you?
2: Hundred percent of you about to get the vaccines or stuff like this, but I thought I thought measles were, was eradicated a long time ago in this country. The people who decided they didn't want to get their children vaccinated, well, why would they need to be vaccinated if we were measles-free, except we've got illegal aliens coming here with measles and stuff like that. The people who weren't in bed and the people who were not vaccinated consigned that from them.
0: Yeah, and that's how it would happen, right? So there is a thing called herd immunity, Eric. And if 92 to 95% of the uh, population is vaccinated or immune from disease, uh, the disease is it, it, it no longer is able to hold on. Um, what you're talking about, people getting the vaccines from those that may be coming from other countries, uh, is, is exactly what we're sort of seeing, especially in the case of Washington State, uh, where there's been a lot of people, especially in one particular county, Clark County in Washington, Uh, where there's been a high degree of of travel uh, from from folks abroad and coming back home. The the point that I would make here is just this. The people that get vaccines aren't going to get sick, right? The people that don't get the vaccines are going to get sick. If that's a risk you're willing to take, who exactly are we to tell you not to take that risk? When we come back after a bit of news here, Barbara Lowe Fisher, who is the head of the National Vaccine Information Center, Going to join us on our Better Hearing Center talking text line. Stick around. WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Dave and Rick here with you this afternoon. The Better Hearing Center talking text line. Getting full, 785-7914. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate, that is actually a question today. We're going to go to the phones talking to Barbara Lowe Fisher, who is the head of the National Vaccine Information Center, who has been around since 1982, with a design to... Represent families of children who don't necessarily want to take part in vaccines if they don't have to. Uh, Sometimes people want to make personal decisions. Barbara, thanks for joining the show. And there has to be some sort of, I think there has to be some sort of a way for people to make personal decisions and also get their voices heard on a national platform. And we appreciate you joining us uh, today to discuss exactly what it is the National Vaccine Information Center is really all about.
3: Thank you uh, for the opportunity. Yes, we've been around since 1982. Uh, our mission is to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education. We do not make vaccine use recommendations, but we do support the human right to exercise informed consent to medical risk-taking procedures, and vaccination is a medical risk-taking procedure. We support flexible medical, religious, and conscientious belief vaccine exemptions in public health policies and laws. So, we support your right to have full information about the benefits and risks of vaccines and be able to make a voluntary decision without being sanctioned.
0: And, Barbara, when you go to your website, which is nvic.org, you can see that you're not, as an organization, philosophically opposed. And I think this is important to let our listeners know you're not philosophically opposed to the concept of vaccination, and you do not object to every vaccine. However, the organization is philosophically opposed to government health officials having the power to intimidate, threaten, and sometimes coerce folks here in this country into violating uh, their deeply held conscientious beliefs. And, and that was the thrust of the conversation that I wanted to get in here with you today, Barbara. Uh, Barbara you were quoted recently in this Washington Post article uh, was sort of in response to a group that's near to us here in the state of Minnesota, the Immunization Action Coalition, and Diane Peterson, who said, quote, there is a growing consensus for state authorities... To make the bold move to require all children to be vaccinated, with the only exception being those who cannot be given the vaccine for medical reasons. Barbara, why do you take exception with that particular standpoint?
3: Well, let's look at the medical exemption. The contraindications to to vaccination have been narrowed, so almost no health condition qualifies for a medical exemption under federal government guidelines. I mean, you can have HIV, you can have cancer, you can have, once you've recovered from an organ transplant, you are a candidate for vaccination. That means if your child has a severe reaction after vaccination and you cannot find a doctor to write a medical exemption, what do you have left to protect the health of your child? You have a personal belief exemption that would include religious beliefs or for reasons of conscience. You know, in the Bill of Rights in the the U.S. Constitution, we have the right to exercise freedom of thought and speech and conscience and religious belief in this country. We abandon that at our peril because these vaccines are liability-free. As of 2011, the U.S. Supreme Court declared vaccines to be unavoidably unsafe. The manufacturers have no more liability for vaccine injuries and deaths. When you couple forced vaccination, no exceptions vaccine laws, with no liability for those who produce these vaccines, uh, in my view, it's it's a prescription for tyranny. We must support the human right to exercise informed consent to medical risk-taking, and that includes vaccine risk-taking.
0: We're talking to Barbara Lowe Fisher, the head of the National Vaccine Information Center, incredibly rich and uh, detailed website recommend you give it a look, nvic.org. Barbara, what is your response to those in states like Washington, where they're having their worst measles outbreak in more than two decades, sickened nearly 70 people? Now, fortunately, there have been zero deaths in the United States from measles in the calendar year of 2018. But when you're confronted by those who would say, by promoting any sort of personal exemption for anti-vaccination, you are causing, in effect, an outbreak in a state like Washington, what's your response?
3: Well, I think we have to take a step back and look at the facts. There have been 127 cases of confirmed measles in this country and a population of 328 million people as of February 14th of this year. This is not a public health emergency that justifies taking away all vaccine exemptions from the states. Uh, in 2015, there was a similar – it was an outbreak of measles in Disneyland. Uh, this caused the state of California to remove the personal belief exemption. All they have there is medical, and now they're trying to restrict medical to federal contraindications only. So I think we need to have perspective here. Traditional public health measures have con- confined the measles cases. We have a very high vaccination rate in this country. Most school children, all but 2%, have received two doses of measles-containing vaccines, MMR vaccines. So I think you need to – you know, we need to have perspective here. We're talking about a human right – to exercise informed consent to medical risk-taking, in this case, vaccine risk-taking. We abandon that at our peril, that these vaccines are liability-free. We must have the right as a free uh, a population in a free country to be able to decide what we're willing to risk our lives or our children's lives for. We're not all the same genetically, biologically, and environmentally. We, some of us have are at higher risk than others For suffering, uh, vaccine reactions. The Institute of Medicine acknowledged that in 2012. So when you don't, when doctors can't tell who's going to be harmed, uh, you are asking certain people with certain genes and certain biological predispositions to bear all of the risk. We have to do better science. We need to understand who's at risk. We need to know more about the biological mechanisms of vaccine injury and death. And in the meantime, we, we absolutely must protect our right to have informed consent to vaccination.
0: Rick, do you have a question? Barbara Lo Fisher joining us this afternoon. If you're just joining now from the National Vaccine Information Center. Rick, go ahead.
1: Yeah, if I'm vaccinated and someone else isn't vaccinated and they get sick, does it affect me? Or do I just be like, oh, sorry, you're not vaccinated? I mean, how is it going to affect the people that are vaccinated?
3: Oh, this is a very good point. Um you know again we're talking about liability free commercial pharmaceutical products and there is, there are both questions about effectiveness as well as safety but you're right theoretically if you get vaccinated if these vaccines work as well as they're advertised to work then the vaccinated should have nothing to fear from the unvaccinated and the often the response is oh yes but there are some people who can't get vaccinated Well, that's right. There are some people who are at greater risk for having complications from diseases for genetic and biological reasons, and there are some people who are at greater risk for having uh, complications from vaccination. What I'm seeing is there seems to be more concern about those people who are hurt by diseases than those people hurt by vaccines. When public health laws should not be discriminatory, public health laws should protect everyone, and one of the ways we do this is by being able to, for example, when you don't have any liability, there's no, there's no way for the people to exert any pressure on the system to make vaccines safer or more effective because we've been disempowered. We have one size fits so all vaccine policies that are, they're trying to oppressively enforce. And we have no way to put pressure on the system to make the the vaccines uh, more effective or safer because we cannot sue anyone.
1: Well, and
0: Barbara, this is actually at the heart of something that has been brewing around the Merck Corporation for quite some time. The Merck Corporation, if you are unfamiliar, is the uh, government-sponsored entity. They're a for-profit pharmaceutical company, of course, that makes the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. Now, in 2014, there began a, a string of whistleblowers that, according to their court documents, claimed that Merck was engaging in misconduct, a far-ranging misconduct, quote, failing to disclose that its vaccine was not as effective as it represented, used improper testing techniques, min- manipulated testing metho- uh, methodology, and abandoned the undesirable uh, test results. I mean, I've got to imagine that stories like this, Barbara, give, I-, I would imagine, a lot of rise to people's concerns about the effectiveness of the vaccines themselves.
3: Well, that's right, and we have a real problem with influenza vaccine. In the last ten years, the vaccine has been less than fifty percent effective. Uh, you know, so you, you you have a real problem with both the safety and effectiveness. So the, the the way out of this is you have, we have to do the good science. We have to have really strong regulation at the federal level in terms of high standards for proof of safety and effectiveness pre licensure and good monitoring afterwards. Uh, and, and, and above all, we need to, as a population, have the right to make informed and voluntary decisions and drive ineffective and unsafe vaccines off the market. If we can't do it in the courts, we have to be able to do it by by being able to make these choices. And if they take away our choices, we're just a captive population ripe for exploitation by pharmaceutical companies who have no accountability or liability.
0: It's a very interesting conversation, Barbara, and I know that you, uh, you've you got some better plans than talking about this all evening. You're going to go see the Beach Boys, and I am so jealous because we're in the midst of winter month number 12. Uh, but I appreciate you so very much coming on. Again, it's Barbara Lowe Fisher from the National Vaccine Information Center. Uh, do yourself a favor. Dig in. Do some research. Uh, research. N-V-I-C dot is the great website uh, to visit. Barbara, thanks again so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. You guys have a great night, okay?
3: Oh, thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: All right. When we come back, Rick, we've got some news we're going to get you right here. When we come back, we'll take more of your phone calls at 785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line to vaccinate or not to vaccinate. This is actually a question these days. Curious to get some of your comments. WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Dave and Rick here with you. It's Tuesday, baby. Thanks for being aboard. Great conversation. If you missed out, Barbara Lowe Fisher, National Vaccine Information Center. Check this website out, NVIC.org. We're talking vaccines today. Vaccinating and, and not vaccinating is actually becoming quite a hot topic these days. Washington State's seen a measles outbreak. It's costing the state over a million bucks. Seventy people have been sickened. Uh, Barbara's got some good information. Listen, if you weren't with us at the beginning, and the Better Hearing Center talking text line, still wide open, 785-7914, it's like this. I believe in the idea of vaccination, right? Like, Jonas Salk was able to give the world possibly the greatest gift. By the way, last thing that's ever been cured, interestingly, uh, polio, eradicated, right, with the the stroke of a pen. Once he was able to come up with the polio vaccine. I'm sure it's come back. uh, There's some cases of polio, but herd immunity is there. But, look, he published, I don't know if it was in the National Journal of Medicine, but Jonas Salk published, The cure for polio. Jonas Salk was almost categorically lambasted and and, and drummed out of
1: the medical community because he didn't take it for profit. Uh, Wired.com headline, polio is nearly wiped out unless some lab tech screws up. (laughs) That's funny. I like
0: Wired.com. So the point being, vaccines obviously, definitely have a place. We haven't heard of smallpox in a while, right? As a matter of fact, back in 1970, looking at the... This is the uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Yeah, back in the 1970s, they stopped giving you the smallpox vaccine because you didn't need it anymore. Smallpox is gone. They eradicated it. Done. But smallpox has been the death of millions upon millions upon millions of people through history. So vaccines obviously and definitely have a place. The reason that I thought it was interesting, Rick, to bring on Barbara from the National Vaccine Information Center was just this. With the growing chorus, and right now we've got an organization in Minnesota, the Immunization Action Coalition, a growing chorus of of individuals who want to make it mandatory for people to get vaccinated, I think it's important to remember, as Barbara did allude to, that constitutionally you shouldn't be forced to do that. And when we're in a position in this country where we're going to say, hey, listen, uh, don't smoke this, hey, listen, uh, don't take that pill, but we'll force you to take something else that, as Barbara mentioned, you cannot sue in a civil court. That's going to cause some issues. I think that questions are going to be raised. Now, as a person, I had my son vaccinated. I didn't want him getting measles, mumps, rubella. I didn't want him getting whatever else it was that we could easily avoid as long as he was vaccinated. But if you would have told me that I had to stick a needle in his
1: arm when he was
0: born, I might have told you to get bent.
1: Um, someone asked what Barbara's credentials were. And you said this, they, they've been around since the 80s, right? 1982. 1982. When the, uh, yeah, National Vaccine and, Information Center. And right. her bio is really long, and I'll just try to get like some sure. clip notes on it. She graduated from Maryland with a B.A. in English. So she's like a she's communications she's major. taught to speak, yeah. you know, essentially. Um, but she's been quoted in the New York Times, Washington, uh, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, USA Today, Time Magazine. She's testified in front of Congress and state legislatures about vaccine policy. So yes. She's in her time become an expert on not the science of it so much as to the law of vaccines. Right, right. right. And, and
0: that was, it, listen, this is my thrust, and this is my thrust with everything. Whatever you want to do, as long as it doesn't harm my person or my property, I do not care. I literally and categorically do not care. If you want to practice religion in your own way, in your own house, as long as you don't force me to do it, fine. And I won't force mine upon you. Whatever you want to do in this country should be absolutely and 100% within the bounds, as long as it does not hurt the person or property of somebody else. That's my stance. And so with respect to this whole vaccination debate, again, I'm not anti-vaccine. I think vaccines have been fantastic, eradicated polio, for goodness sake, smallpox, uh, you name it, the the benefits are obvious. However, I do think it's interesting to note that we are now being told to take something potentially without any recourse, and that is a bit alarming. Uh, We'll go back to the phones. Rick, who do we have next? Steve. Steve, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, bud? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for the call. What's up?
2: I'm just listening to this whole thing, and in my mind... I, I keep saying to myself, no, I, I I have a science background. I work for one of the local hospitals sure. and I and so I look at this from a, a purely science medical standpoint, not a legal standpoint. And there are certain things in this country that we as a country have decided or our legislators have decided, okay, this is this is what it's gonna be because it's for the good of the many, not the few, and the and couple things that pop in my mind are: are um, you got to be 18 to vote, you got to be 21 to drink. Um, just you know, in, in the state of Wisconsin, you got to wear a helmet or you've got to wear glasses to ride a motorcycle. There's there's many things across this country that have been put into law for the safety of people. Now, I look at at, at vaccines. Is I understand that you know the vaccines aren't perfect. Nothing is. If if it's made by humans, there's going to be certain things that aren't going to be worked. You aren't going to be perfect. But in the in the whole realm of the whole country, the vaccines have done a wonderful job of eliminating very costly and and uh, uh, damaging diseases in our country. By not vaccinating, you are allowing those to come back in. Even if they get a tiny foothold, you're talking about. You had mentioned. The, the cost that's happening in Washington State by these hundred plus measles cases, right, right, you know, and so to me it's like there's certain times, certain things your lady, your 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 caller was saying, oh this, you know, you're infringing on my rights and and I have no recourse and you know sometimes as a society our government is supposed to take care of us as a whole, as a whole society, not individually. And if if the government says everybody will get measles vaccinations regardless, unless you meet a medical requirement as per your doctor, I don't see a problem with that because I think that's just good science.
1: And now, they- does
2: that mean that, that, oh, my God, now my rights have been taken away? Yeah, maybe. You know, that little tiny bit of right has been taken away, because it is, uh, it is helping the greater good. That's just my feeling.
0: And I think that, to be fair, that's probably the feeling of most all Americans. I really do. I believe that is the feeling of most all Americans, and I appreciate very much your call. I'm going to let you off because we've got one more I'm going to try to squeeze in here, Steve. Uh, I, I think that that is uh, the prevailing feeling, it, exactly what was just mentioned here, that for the greater good, this is something that you do. Now, I would say, as just a devil's advocate, that giving up any of your personal freedoms in hopes that more won't be taken later could be a dangerous and a slippery slope. Could be. But I, I agree with you, Steve. That was probably what 88 to 90% of people are thinking. Good call. 785 Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line. Number three, what's happening, fella? How
2: are you doing, pilgrim?
0: Well, I'm doing just fine and dandy. How are you today, my friend?
2: Not too bad, not too bad. I think the trouble with this country is we haven't seen a big epidemic of the, a disease pop up through the whole United States.
0: It's been a long time, yeah. Would,
2: yeah, well, I mean, now, back in 1949, I got polio, Ooh. and in 49 they didn't know what to do. Right, right. The whole country was scared. People didn't go nowhere. They didn't do nothing. They stayed home. When I got it, Nobody even walked by my mother and dad's house for two weeks, okay? So if something would happen again and all the people or half the people aren't immunized, we're going to have a big problem.
0: Yeah, and I think, number three, look, that that's the idea behind herd vaccination, right, is that you don't want to get one of these diseases loose. And according to most reports, I mean, things that I can read anyhow, and, again, if you're just tuning in right now, WYZM, 1410AM, 92... 3 FM. Rick and I are talking about what is becoming quite a, a, a hot topic here today. To vaccinate or not to vaccinate. Yesterday, the Washington Post published an article, Anti-vaxxers face backlash as measles cases surge. Uh, according to most government indications from what we can find, and I can always share uh, this source material with you, between 93 and 95% of people in this country are immunized, and therefore the idea of, quote, herd immunity comes into play. I don't think that I would like to see a national scare like polio come back in order to get people to do what they, they probably should do. Uh, but, Rick, I think this is why we have these conversations, right? Because there's information, a lot of information out there on both sides, and it takes an informed person to really make their own personal decisions. So, it, you know, going back to what Steve said, yeah, I think that most people feel the societal pressure and say, hey, yeah, you know, this is for the greater good. But I would really be remiss... If for whatever reason, say I'm Amish, like I mentioned earlier, and you come out to my farm. Knock, knock, Mr. Carney. Uh, you're going to have to take this shot. No, sir. Now, here's since 1764. I'm not taking anything. Well, no, come on. You have to. No, I'm not. Well, you have to. That's not America, guys. And that starts to go into a whole different kind of realm. So that said, Rick, you had something that you wanted to pose to me, and I would hate to be teased and
1: get no payoff.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, what was what was this like little right.
1: oddity that you so had out been there? It's snowing a lot. I've noticed. I've noticed. And opinion. this is on this is these are comments someone sent me from the city of Lacrosse website okay. and then the Lacrosse Fire Department website. So somebody's somebody's messaged okay. got, it, got or it. commented. I'm not really sure, but uh, it's it's funny. Uh, messenger guy. I can't find anything to the city to the city of La Crosse web, uh, Facebook page. I can't find anything, but I'm wondering: is there an ordinance that would prohibit one from clearing the snow with a flame floor, a flame <laughs> like device? Wow, city of La Crosse. Well, interesting question. I would recommend you check with the fire department. As far <laughs> as we know, there is not an ordinance against it. Uh, and they're like, thank you. Okay. Hello to the City of de- La Crosse Fire Department page. I can't find anything, but I'm wondering, is there an ordinance that would prohibit me from using a flamethrower? What kind of flamethrower, the, the La Crosse Fire Department asked. Uh, and then they said, I don't know. I don't own one yet, but I'm thinking uh, like the Boring, co- like ones the Boring Company sold. I oh, got gotcha. Right, right, he has right, a, right. You know, a link to, to the Boring Company flamethrower website. Uh, City of Lacrosse comes back. Sorry, they called it not a flamethrower. Not sure how to classify it. Or no, that's what he said. And then City of Lacrosse comes back. I'll check for what you want. Obviously not something I know off the top of my head. And he goes, it would go, it would be a good PSA if, if apparently if you could use one, for, you know, public service. So everyone use flamethrowers. Sure, your sure. Use uh, okay. The city of La Crosse fire department looked at the link, and the answer is no. That would not <laughs> be allowed to be used. And the guy comes back. Good to know. It's worth order if it w- if it was not worth ordering. Does the ordinance have any other information on heated means of snow clearing? And the city said uh, the device falls under an NFPA standards and involves. An open flame. Open flames require a permit that would not be granted for you for the public purpose wow. of snow clearing. All right, so basically
0: don't set fires in your front lawn to uh, melt your snow. collar friend over at First American Roofing Dallas. Uh, we got to step aside, take a real quick pause for the cause. We'll be back wrapping up in just a few. WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM 92.3 FM. Dave and Rick here with you. The Better Hearing Center talking, text line 785 Best way to get in touch with WIZM. Unfortunately, Rick, we're up against it. So had to uh, let a couple of calls off. Apologize. Wish we had, this is one of those days I wish we had more hours, right? Because this vaccine conversation, this debate, if you will, which is raging nationally, is one that elicits a lot of response from people on both sides, right? So I know we weren't able to get to a call, but uh, did get one in and, We were probably going to get to stuff that well we hadn't reached on here.
1: Yeah, she was. She was worried that you know there's an autism epidemic and an Alzheimer epidemic happening you know across the country or maybe across the world right now. So and something that autism definitely is uh,
0: is definitely one of these. um, It's definitely a a circumstance around which the vaccine conversation gets brought up a lot. Uh, I will say this: I've read a lot of empirical data that would suggest that vaccines don't have anything to do with autism, but I would also say that in and around that conversation, you can draw a lot of subjective clues from some of the research that would say, well, look at the correlation, autism high, vaccines go up. I don't want to get into that debate. Again, uh, if you were not with us at the beginning of the program, I I said this, I've got a 14-year-old son now, and and yes, I vaccinated him. Uh, I was like Steve. I figured for his best interest and the greater good, yeah, get him vaccinated. Uh, But I do understand those that by personal choice, by personal or conscientious decision-making, religious or fundamental belief systems, refuse taking anything. Some people are just completely naturalist, and they don't want to do anything to their bodies that isn't 100% natural. That's fine, too. Okay, As long as you don't hurt me or my property, I really don't care. Now, that said, some might take the supposition that, well, if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to hurt me, but Rick, you asked... Barbara Fisher and said, hey, if I'm vaccinated, would I get hurt by somebody who isn't vaccinated? No, it shouldn't be as long as the vaccine works, which, again, is a debate for more hours. Or the disease, you know, mutates. Well, right, right, you know, which is always a possibility with any disease, right? I think we all found out that with the uh, uh, moxicillin and penicillin, things have uh, morphed. Anyways, great stuff. fun conversation. Thanks for being with us. Have a great one. Rick will be back tomorrow with oh, who knows what.